Suffice to say, our man uh, Colin McGuire did not pick a good week to go on vacation. No. Welcome in, everyone. Just another sports podcast. Greg Swatek and Josh Smith are here with That's you. That's it. This week. That's it. We'll uh, try and uh, take you as long as we can uh, take you this week without our man uh, Colin's uh, two cents. Do we, yeah, do we even know where he is? Is he? He's in. A, he's in the woods somewhere with a, like a twelve or a thirty pack of Coors Light. That's what he said. Should we be concerned? I. I don't know. I think he's got his Coors Light. He's probably fine. Well, yeah, and, and we'll wonder how much news he's getting because certainly it's being made fast and furiously in the in, in the NBA, and, and that's where we'll spend most of our show discussing. Uh, but between uh, LeBron James uh, going to the Lakers and Boogie Cousins going to the Warriors and melting uh, the internet and Twitter and everyone's <laughs> faith in everyone's faith in the NBA as a, as a legitimate especially you institution, yeah, I mean uh, you've got a real I, problem with these super teams. Uh, I just the league I think is just going to have to address this uh, at, at some point because I think it's going to ultimately dent the popularity of the game. You, you don't think so? Um, or, or are there enough side issues and everything to keep people distracted and entertained away from the inevitable outcome of, of who's going to win the championship? This is it's one of those things where you wonder uh, if it's a good if is it a good thing or a bad thing to have dominant teams? And there are a lot of people who like that. It's not the dominance. It's just the year after year. It's, it's the, the same. same it's it's right. the same team. But that builds you, – you build sort of like a hatred toward that team. Right. And, and that's almost just as good as, as parody in some ways, I guess, in terms of interest. You, you don't think the general bottom, interest. You don't think people tune out in the bottom line uh, is effective no, when, think, when, 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 when people say, hey, I mean, why watch? It's going to be the Warriors I think anyway. they do. You're probably right because that happened this year, I think. I, I we, you know, you heard a lot of people saying, "What do I care about this? It's the same teams we've seen for the last four years, or whatever." Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, in terms of the NBA, somebody stepping in and doing something, what what do you what would be done? I, I was talking to a friend about this. There's a couple things that can be done on the surface. They could tweak the salary cap rules, um, or they could just get rid of maximum contracts uh, and just pay guys whatever they're worth. Because, I mean, LeBron. <clears throat> or whatever these guys make in a max contract, that's limited by, by the collective bargaining rules. If you just let Le- LeBron go out there and make wh- whatever he wants to make and let a team pay him whatever he wants to pay him, that's going to affect how, how many other guys they could pay un- un- under a hard salary cap. So so they, they, could, they could tweak the salary cap rules a little bit. They could make it a... Uh, um, they could they could just make it a hard salary cap and just lower the just lower the salary cap to where guys can't afford uh, all all these all star players. Um, so other than that though, there's not really a lot the league can do. Wasn't uh, uh, I mean? Did, did you hear when this Cousins signing was happening? I I saw some things online where people were like, uh, Adam Silver needs to step in and like maybe I guess say that like almost nix that deal. Didn't something happen like that with Chris Paul years ago? The league owned the Hornets. That's what it the, was. The league was running the Hornets because they were searching for a right. new owner. It wasn't a viable uh, ownership situation right. uh, in, in in New Orleans. And yes, uh, the, was, the Chris Paul was, I think, traded, traded to, the Lakers, to the Lakers. And the league didn't like the appearance of the, of the trade, so they 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 nixed the trade. Okay. 
And who knows how that could have altered. Okay, that was a trade. <laughs> right, so that, that, that was a trade. I don't think the league would step next. in and say, no, no, the Warriors, you cannot sign De, uh, DeMarcus Cousins for one year, $5 million. Uh, they would never well, b- disapprove something like that. And before everyone has a total meltdown, there's a couple things at work here. First of all, DeMarcus Cousins is coming off a major injury. Yes. He'll, he likely won't be ready to play Let's until, not go crazy uh, over until, this. until near the All-Star break. Right. I mean, he's not going to start the season. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, it, Exactly, or even, the, or even play in the first couple of months with the Warriors. And nor is there any uh, slam dunk guarantee that he's going to be healthy enough beyond that, to, right. or he doesn't get hurt again. The guys, the guys, repeatedly been been injured. He's, he's on a one year contract, so right. it could be a situation where he just plays a couple of months with the Golden State Warriors. And 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 how long is it going to take him to get acclimated to the team? How long is it going to take the team to get acclimated to him and his playing style? Um, so there's some drama right there, Greg. You know, right? Don't, you don't want to watch that. You don't want to see how that shakes out. There, there, there's enough. There, there's enough drama in the mix that people will tune in. That's that's that is my argument. Like I just think with all that goes on with LeBron and with all the pieces that they have in, in Los Angeles now with him and the the, the cousins factor um, in Golden State and still you have you still have Harden and Paul. They still have a really good team in Houston. I mean, yeah, all these teams are in the West, but then you look over to the East. You, the Boston team is incredibly intriguing. Um, they're gonna, I think, be the ones that are gonna end up uh, challenging. I don't, th- I don't think LeBron's gonna be able to ch- really challenge the Dubs uh, the way people I think expect. Certainly not this year, right? But I, I think if the if the Celtics are full blast, full health, man, they could really give that team, that Golden State team, a run for its money um, in the in this coming year. Right. So, so you don't I think know. there's drama. I think there's plenty of drama right. to keep people. The, sustained. Pro- the problem is all the drama and all this builds to a conclusion. And you already know the it's conclusion, and, and 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 you could sort of say yeah. like it's like watching a movie, like you kind of know what's going to happen. I mean, it's the, like watching the, Titanic, uh, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> the, I mean, the good guy is probably going to win. In in, in it's like watching that. Karate Kid Part Three, which I saw on my vacation, and you knew exactly what was going to happen because it was essentially the spitting replica of Karate right. Kid One. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but but and and I guess I guess it's the journey, not the not the destination, yeah. is is how you sort of have to look at it, but. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's sort of the problem is, is are people tuning out already because they know how the season will likely end. So, so, so that's, a, that's what the NBA is going to have to figure out this year. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, there, there's no guarantee he stays with the Warriors. Uh, he, he's not, he's not healthy. What, what, what's the chemistry and the dynamic going to be with cousins? So nothing's guaranteed, but, but your odds are pretty good when you are, the two-time defending champs won three of four. Could be going for five in a row had Draymond Green not been suspended. And then you just added another all-star at your weakest position in, in, in the starting lineup. And they're going to trot five all-stars out there. So, The chemistry question is the key question with them, with Cousins. The chemistry question is also the primary question with the Lakers at this point. we don't. There's still some more movement that's likely to happen right, with them. But if you look at this group, uh, that we see there, that is that they've collected. What are your What are your initial thoughts? The potential for combustion is 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 very Off the charts. Is, is very high. When when you got LeBron, who's got we've talked about his drama tendencies in the past. You have uh, weird personalities like Lance Stevenson uh, and Rajon Rondo, Javale McGee, uh, Javale McGee, who's sort a of space cadet. Right, he's a total space cadet. He he, he barely knows what where he is it seems half the time then you have the whole lavar ball thing uh, swirling on, on on the outside of the team and he's he's he i've heard comments from him this week saying lonzo's not go- going to uh, play off the ball even even with lebron or something like that so 
He's I mean, signing his ticket out of town. He's signing his son's ticket out of town here by saying some of these comments. Oh, and, and, and LeVar's basically ruined, you could say, the careers of his other two sons yeah. who, who can't play college ball now because they've yes. already played professionally. And, um, <clears throat> so they, they, I mean, they can't play in college. And, and, and how good a pro – how, how what kind of pros? Yeah, I mean, they, he may say he may end be. up sabotaging you know Lonzo's career here very soon. Who knows? Right. Get so, him get him traded to some some uh, you know last place team or God knows where. And, and not to get on too much of a Levar Ball tangent here, but I mean the argument has always been yes, he's a crazy dad, but he but he cares deeply about his kids. He's got his kids' best interests at heart. But 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 I mean, does he with, with, with some of these? That's moves? the thing, man. If you care about your kids, just keep your mouth shut, stay out of his business, and let him be a man. And right, you know, so, do so they thing. can't play college basketball. They're not developed enough to be pros. So they're they're kind they're kind of just stuck in, uh, in, in 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 limbo, so to speak. But but yeah, I mean, will LeBron put up with Lavar and in all his shenanigans on the outside? I cannot see it. I don't see it either, and I, I I sort of believe that LeBron agreeing to this deal with LA it makes me believe that he he had to have spoken to Magic about Magic Johnson about this and said, look, I, you know, you got to get rid of this kid, you got to get rid of his this this headache of a father, or or, any, or I'm not coming. Like I don't know if there was an ultimatum or a magic. He's, said. he's done it before. Remember when he came to the Cavs? Uh, they had uh, a- Andrew Wiggins, right? Um, and they, he said trade Andrew Wiggins for 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 Kevin Love, right? So so there's precedent for LeBron uh, doing this uh, uh, previously, right? Do, what do you th- what do you think of LeBron in L.A. though? I, I was I was surprised yeah. that he committed to the Lakers without knowing more what the team was going to look like. Uh, when, when Paul George agreed to stay with Oklahoma City, which was somewhat of a surprising move, I thought, man, this this means LeBron's going back to Cleveland because the big the big plan was going to be George and LeBron at least, and then they could maybe talk Kawhi Leonard into or talk San Antonio in tr- into trading for Kawhi Leonard, or maybe then, just signing him the next year when he actually becomes a free agent. Right, and then the Lakers have their big three, and and, yeah. and, and here we go, uh, bring on the Warriors. But LeBron basically committed to the Lakers without knowing what what anything else the, the other dominoes hadn't yet the fall right so so that's what surprised me about it is because they're in no position to challenge golden state or even be the number two or three team in the west the next season um so don't you think don't you feel like this is this is lebron looking this is a four-year contract this is probably lebron saying probably ain't happening this year but if i you know if i sign a long uh, you know more than a two a one in one contract and we get some guys, not maybe we get some guys this year, but then we add another big piece next year. Then next year we'll really be able to challenge. I, I, that's the way I feel about it. That's how I think he's approaching it. The irony about LeBron leaving Cleveland under the circumstances he did is he largely created the circumstances that led him out of Cleveland. He never committed to the Cavs. Long, like the Cavs would have a better team right now had LeBron given them that four-year commitment. Then they could have traded that draft pick they acquired that that many thought would be the number one that could be the number one pick in the draft and then became the number eight pick in the draft that that Brooklyn draft pick became less valuable once it was uh, once it was uh, already determined in the lottery but they could have made moves to build a team around LeBron but LeBron never gave him that chance by just committing to the short one exactly uh, one year deals so that, that's if you're a Cavs fan you have to be frustrated by that because you never had that opportunity to to build the maximum team in Cleveland with LeBron. But now he, he comes to the Lakers, and all of a sudden it's a four-year commitment, and that, and then the Lakers could take it like you, step, like by, I was just step by step, piece yeah. by piece, right? And do we have to beat the Warriors this year? No, but but let's build towards 
uh, built <coughs> towards beating them over the ne- yeah. over the next four years. Let's let's backtrack to Cleveland. Now you're you are a Cleveland sports fan. I'm not in, a huge in not, some not, ways. I'm not a huge Cavs fan. I know you're not a I huge mean, Cavs the fan. Mo- <laughs> the most successful team is the one team that I'm not a huge right. fan of. Just just the way it works. Out, but I guess. but what what is your take on how how the city of Cleveland has has dealt with this second exit by LeBron? I mean, obviously they're not happy, but I I just don't sense the he doesn't the, the anger or how, the he doesn't owe them anything else. Else, right. I don't and think the fact that he won them a championship two years ago ended ended the so-called curse over the city. I mean, I, I think everyone is. I mean, that was just a seminal moment in, yeah. the, in the history of, of of the city of Cleveland, not just Cleveland sports. So, how about uh, the the removal of the sign, the "We Are Witness All Witnesses" sign in it, Cleveland? It was removed immediately. Before, it was removed before quickly when he left for Miami. So it was. Um, but, so, but what are your thoughts on that? Like, why? I really, I know he doesn't play there anymore, but he's right. still, you know, he's still a hometown. He that's where he right. grew he's, up. He's that's from where there. he's from. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Couldn't you alter it and just I don't know, not so, not necessarily put you wouldn't put a Lakers jersey on it, but like just right. almost like oh, the, the blur rush, out the jersey and like the, I mean the rush to take it down. Yeah. So I, I guess they just don't want to be seen as celebrating a player for he doesn't play for, uh, for, for for another team. I, I guess I get it. Yeah, but but, but he is still there. There. It, it, it's just different. Their golden this, child. It's different this time because they won the championship. And had they not won the championship two years ago, I think it would have been a lot tougher for LeBron to to, to pick up stakes oh, and, yeah. and, and, and leave this time. I, I don't think he could have left until he won the championship. So the championship two years ago, sort of in a funny way, sort of wrote his ticket out of town again. Um, right. So, so it's just it's just funny the way it worked. But I, I, was, I was just shocked he signed with the Lakers before knowing um, – more of what's going to happen in terms of yeah. player movement, but but like you say, maybe he's looking at it as a long term project, and it doesn't have to be done right away. Did you have do you have a Medusa's box idea for this week, or do you want? If you, I, I don't could, go ahead. Okay, I was just going to say, how open up Medusa's box? How many more titles does LeBron win? I say zero. Okay, because does, he, is number number two is he done after this four year contract is up? I think so. I think the Lakers will be the last team he plays for. He might sign like a one day contract to go and, back. Reti- and retire with the the Cavs. He might right. technically retire with the Cavs, but I mean LeBron is going to be thirty four in December. So um, so and and with given he's played, he never went to college. So he so those were full NBA seasons he was playing at, at a younger age. I think he's played more minutes than. Than Michael and Kobe and, and some of those players already. So yeah, high high mileage. Luckily, he hasn't been hurt, and, and no one wishes him to be hurt. But um, he, he's had good fortune in terms of his health. So you're saying not? I I think I'm going to go out on a limb. I really would be curious to see what Colin would say about this. I think he would have some thoughts. I'm going to say he wins one more title somehow, and I largely think of that. Not, and it certainly isn't happening this year. I largely think about. Some of the younger players that are on that team currently, Brandon Ingram is a really good player. Kyle Kuzma is a really good young young player. If those guys continue to develop, they're under LeBron's guidance. Say he adds Kawhi, whether it's in a trade but, but this see, the year, pro- the problem there or is next you're, you're going to have to give up an Ingram or a, or a well, Kuzma you, to get right. Kawhi. You get if you get. If you get rid of one of them, I'd still be fine with them getting rid of one of them if they can still add Kawhi and keep some of these other little pieces around. Like, you know, Rondo. Rondo's a great point guard. Now he's a ball-dominant point guard, so that's going to be interesting. Yeah, his, his personality fit is, is, the, yeah. is the bigger question. I just think in four years, uh, couple that with the fact that Golden State, 
we saw what happened with Golden State last year in terms of did they really want it? They they just wait to turn it on. Are they going to continue to want it that bad for the next four years and be able to turn it on? Yes, they can probably talent wise they can win it every year probably from here through the next four years. But is that fire still going to be burning? Well, and will they lose Clay Thompson? You know, will they lose anybody from could, that group? You could say they flipped the switch this year, but yeah. they, they they almost flipped it. They almost didn't right. flip it because the Rockets, exactly. the Rockets had him Came, on the ropes, and, and Chris Paul and, and got Chris hurt. Paul got hurt, right? So, so I, I think a couple of those two factors. LeBron is is itching and is burning to win. He's got that's that's what he's that's what he's looking for. He's in you know championship mode, quote unquote, is what he what he's in. So I think over the next four years, those two the factors will probably uh, allow us to see LeBron win one more, I think. Right. Well, the other, the other interesting fit about the Lakers is LeBron is not going to be Mr. Laker. I mean, he's going to be just another great player that played for the Lakers. He'll probably never surpass Magic or Kobe uh, for sure. I mean, is he going to pass like Kareem and Shaq and and, and those guys on, on, on the Lakers all time list? I mean, if he wins a title, I mean, that, that'll certainly vault him, up the list of even all-time Lakers, but he's just going to be another great player on the Lakers. Where he with the Cavs, he was the franchise uh, for sure, no no question about it. Yeah, so. it's kind of it's just really weird to think that he's a Laker right now. It just it's just very odd to me. I don't know if Shaq went there in the middle of his career or whatever, and you know won some championships and. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's. I think you're right. It's going to be a weird. It's going to be weird to see how he fits into their history if he wins another one what, how people feel about him um it, w- you know when he retires what uh, do they go into the uh, do they go into the hall of fame with uh jerseys or whatever and, and it's, it's gotta be it's gotta be uh well it'll be interesting because he won the most titles <laughs> with know. the heat potentially but I, but i'm saying is like i don't know if if when you go into the hall of hall of fame the the nace is it the naismith hall of fame yeah. if you go in wearing a jersey uh, it's a, it's a good, I don't or, think so. Uh, and, and the football hall of fame, I don't, I don't think you go in. Is it a plaque with, with your team? And it just has like the teams a, you played for or something. Yeah, it's probably a bust or something like that. Yeah. And like the football hall of fame, it's not. But you're not identified by your team. You're identified right. by your name and your accomplishments. Right. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll just see. I like Le- LeBron and Kawhi, and Kawhi. If 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 they if, if say they trade for Kawhi in a couple of weeks and subtract some of their nice young pieces, they already lost a good young piece in Julius Randle, who uh, yeah. who went to the uh, the New Orleans uh, uh, Pelicans. Um, is is that enough to really throw a scare into the Warriors? Um, because, this year, uh, be, because what's going to happen is Demarcus Cousins, uh, um, uh, is, is probably going to resign with Golden State. Even, I mean, why would he leave if they win a title? Even even if it's for way less than market value, and it, this is going to hurt the bargaining position of the players when 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 a guy is taking way less than market market value to yeah. stay. But he's not going to want to leave that situation. I don't know. So. You don't think? Oh, I do. I think he'll be. He's one of these guys. I think he's kind of a weird guy too. So you think he'll be happy personality with, wise when yeah. you're one title yes. and, and then and then make bank. I think that's what he's doing. I think he's just saying I'm gonna go win my title and then I'm gonna I'm gonna cash in and go and, somewhere and else. That's very possible. I mean, yeah. I, I could definitely so see that too. It. But but all these guys they get around each other and then they start talking about sacrificing for the team and and everyone's taking less than they could be making. So I, I just think that becomes infectious and I I could see a guy like Boogie Cousins staying with the thing. And, and then, well, then the NBA just, just fold up shop, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, why, why are we even talking about this? So, 
And I've heard people say, like, will the Lakers sort of resurgence, energize the Warriors in, in, in some way, and, and, and make yeah. and, and make them care more about the uh, about? I mean, yeah, make them care more about the regular season. And, and is that the sort of the challenge in 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 the, in the fire that they need to, to 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 stay in top form and in in that hungry, aggressive mode? So yeah, I mean, I'm almost I, I'm not so much interested in watching the Lakers against the Warriors as I much as I am to watch them against you know the, the Rockets and some of the other teams that right. are out there. I mean, don't forget about don't forget how good they are and how good uh, you know how close they were to yeah. To, I mean, to, o- to advancing. Oklahoma City. I mean, Portland, believe it or not, was the number three seed in the, in in, yeah. in the West. Uh, oh, speaking of Portland, year. I did see something where like there's a headline somewhere the other day that was like Lakers aren't done. You know, they're eyeing trades for John Wall or Damian <laughs> Lillard or Bradley oh. Beal. The Bradley Beal's name was in the mix, right? Uh, now that would be a good move, right? But yeah, that, yeah, he provides. Some is that happening? Form, right. Come on, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like every every the Lakers are like any any all star that's ever lived is suddenly like the Lakers are suddenly interested in trading for or, or, or signing. So, um, so uh, yeah, I mean, the, it, it, the rumors get they get carried away, obviously, and 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 they spin out of control. But um, I. I I can't see the Spurs trading Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers yeah. without demanding a, a king's ransom. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not just going to hand him uh, Kawhi Leonard. Um, I've heard some people say he's more likely to go to the Sixers, w- which are run by Ooh. more Spurs-type people. Um, Brett Brown has a pedigree. And then, like Greg Popovich is more familiar with the guys that run the Sixers than he is the guys that run the Lakers. Plus, he has no interest in helping out the guys that run the Lakers. So you, you put Kawhi in the Eastern Conference, you only see him twice a year. As opposed to the Lakers, you'd see him four or five, six times a year. So I mean, I just think there are so many compelling storylines in that league, and I'm going to oh, be I, as interested as I, I ever have been. I'll, I'll watch. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've known who was going to win the title for the last yeah th- for the last four seasons. But I'm telling you, like, yeah, Boston is going to be really good. Um, you still have Anthony Davis. The the Pelicans are he he's only getting better. And they're gonna, they're only gonna surround him with more. Then you have the Greek Freak, and I don't know how much better he could get. They don't have a lot of pieces around him, but. There's still a lot of compelling, compelling things happening, and then you have the Wizards that have just added are going to add Dwight Howard. So come on, this is like I'm stoked about how exciting the Wizards are going to be this year. How do you look at that Howard signing up uh, for the Wizards? <laughs> I mean, I, they signed so they signed Austin Rivers, right? Was their first they, free agent they, signing? I think they tr- traded for they traded him, right? for him. Yeah, right because they because they, they got rid they of Gortat. Gortat, right? Yeah. So you think okay, well they've they've gotten rid of uh, um, Gortat, who doesn't fit what they want to do, and they get a got another guard who does fit what they want to do okay this sounds good things are moving in the right direction and now you're going to sign dwight howard like a traditional center the last like traditional center in the entire league who a guy who can't shoot free throws or hasn't adjusted or grown his game in like a decade and i, yeah, I just fail to he's, understand he's never, how that's going to help develop his offensive game and, and that's why as he's gotten older he's become much less valuable is because he's never improved yeah uh, at all basically. i mean i guess they're so. just looking for him to play that shot blocking rebounding, rebounding. role yeah so that, 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 i guess that, i guess that, he'll that, do that, that job that, that's what he's become uh, yeah but it's just when you look at dwight howard's career arc i mean he was forcing his way out of orlando because he can't win yeah. he can't win in orlando the the grass is greener elsewhere he, he forced his way to the lakers and then fought with kobe <laughs> because he's the total and antithesis of yeah. what kobe kobe's all about winning and and doing whatever it takes to win dwight howard seems to be the guy just he's in the league for the paycheck and, 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 and some of the perks that come along with being in the league. So 
so so no kidding that he fought with Kobe and and, and then he left the Lakers and then he's been with the Hawks he's been with uh, Bobcats he's yeah been, he, he he's been with the Nets and it, with no intention of ever, of ever playing for the Nets and the Nets didn't want how him. do you do you see this working out because look at look at what the Wizards have have done over the last couple of years and and some of the closed door meetings they've had and some of the problems they've had within their organization with among the players and stuff do you think this is gonna yeah I mean you're, out? you're adding a personality but. Other than that, it's probably a pretty much a parallel move, uh, uh, a, 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 a lateral move. I mean, Gortat probably gives you more offensively than Howard does, but but Howard's probably an upgrade on the defense and uh, rebounding and block shot front. So, so it's kind of a lateral move. I, I I think you're not really gaining a lot by subtracting Gortat and adding Howard. I mean, as as, as remarkable as that might be to say, uh, I I don't think it's going to change their fortunes that much. So. Right, but what what sort of relationship will he form with John Wall? And he's got, and he's also playing on a one year deal, so right. Um, I don't know, maybe that'll spur him to have a really good season or something. But his his big paydays are over, as we said the other day. I think. Uh, well, I mean, the, the 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 pathway is open for the Wizards. I mean, if if they want to become a serious team, they have, they have the chance to do it. With with now LeBron is gone, so they don't have that excuse. The uh, the Cavs aren't going to be very good. So can the Wizards jump up there with the Celtics, with the, the Sixers, Raptors. with the Raptors? I mean, people are forgetting about Toronto, I, I, I think, a little bit too because they were the number one seed last year, and now their uh, nemesis, the person they couldn't beat, LeBron, is, is gone. So, right. um, so, so, so they're in the conversation too. Can the Wizards get into that mix? Does Dwight Howard push them into that mix? I think he could help them. I, I don't think he's. Made, I don't think he's changing their. I don't think he's changing their fortunes uh, 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 whatsoever. So I'd have to agree. Yeah. So, uh, baseball-wise, uh, the, the Orioles are, are, I guess, contemplating what to do, what to do with, yeah. with with. I mean, the Machado uh, trade rumors are out there every day, um, and and some of their other pieces too. Um, I mean, what what do you kind of see happening with with some of these guys? Yeah, I mean. It's been. It's getting to the point where they're going to have to. I, yeah, I was going to use a certain phrase we can't use. I mean, they have to get. They have to do something now. Uh, it's getting. It's. It's getting to the point where they're. The longer they wait, the less they're going to get. Right. Um. And well, how much are they even going to get anyway from Machado? Because it's. It, he's, you're, a, he's a rental. He's yeah. a rental for a year. So man, if they can get two, if they can get two prospects for him, um, but not necessarily. They don't have to be pitchers. I'm I'm fine if they're not pitchers. Um, I think they just you just need to pull the trigger. You need to find the best two, you know, the best deal um, for two prospects or something like that that you can find. Well, I, I did read something the other day that was talking about the guys in the bullpen being on the market, Brock, Brock Br- and Britain being packaged together to sort of sweeten the deal for a team that is trying to overhaul or really really shore up their bullpen for the stretch run. I I really liked that idea. I think I read it in the the story John Mioli did in the Baltimore Sun. And I was like, wow, okay, that's interesting. They may be able to, you know, they may be able to pull a little bit more if they trade two guys at once. Well, I, I'd love my Indi- I'd love my Indians to wind yeah. up with Zach Britton because yeah. their bullpen has been uh, has been awful this year, <laughs> and he's he's got another left-handed solid guy that could come in and close games if if they needed him to close games. They, they w- wouldn't have he, to have. I him was going to say games. he wouldn't even he wouldn't necessarily right. have to close for them. Right, that's, Ex- exactly. Crazy. He'd be like another Andrew, Andrew Miller, Miller, flexible, bring him in to put out fires uh, type of reliever. And I think the Indians, the, who are going, they're going to win. They're going to make the playoffs just because their division is so awful. But um, yeah, how many games are they up right now? 
they're like eight games eight, up, and, yeah. and, and, and they've their record was 500 until they started playing their division opponents, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's since gotten better. They've been feasting on their division, and they're they're, they're eight or nine, yeah. ten games above 500. So, um, but but they're but they're they have a big lead in their division. They're going to make the playoffs, but I put them um, uh, significantly behind the Red Sox, Astros, and Yankees at this point. I I, I wouldn't give much of a chance to beat any one of those right. three teams in the playoffs. So they're going to have to make moves, and and Britain would be an awesome pickup for him because he'd help solve a problem and and be yet another guy that could close games if yeah. he had to, and just just another nasty lefty they could bring out of the bullpen. So let me let me mention one other thing Orioles related, and that was the the Colby Rasmus. Um, retirement yeah. or, or whatever you want to what you want to call oh, it leave this of week. absence right yeah so this guy was essentially supposed to be their starting right fielder and, and he hadn't played last year and he didn't play last year he sat out on his own accord to get healthy and he had some other issues he did it again he just he comes back from an injury and decides i'm done i don't think this is for me i'm not playing well uh and he and he walks away from the orioles oddly enough he like played for the keys for like he did two and a half weeks he did so what is what do the Orioles do? I just saw this to to replace him. They promoted Joey Rickard, who you know who you know what Joey Rickard is. He's a fine player, but they have these they have Cedric Mullins who's playing really well. I think he's at Bowie. I don't have all of his numbers in front of me. I want to say he's hitting like two eighty at Bowie. He's a terrific defender, and maybe he's had some kind of injury problem here and there this season. Why the hell wouldn't you call up Cedric Mullins? You're 24 and 60, for God's sakes. Yeah, give, give, give him a chance. To give see, him see what a, he could do. Right? Give him a, a, a sniff. Let him, you know, put it, put his, get in the batter's box and see what he can do for a, you someone, know, a couple of weeks. Someone you don't know who they yeah. are yet. Right, yeah. I mean, look what the Nationals did with the kid, that the Soto. 19-year-old yeah, Juan kid. Soto, yeah, right. They, I mean, they were forced to. I guess they had some other injuries injuries in their minor league system, and they had to call him up, and he's been te- he's been terrific. I don't know. I just I there's one perplexing move after another. Rasmus was a perplexing move as it as it was because he didn't play for an entire year and they signed him essentially to be a starter um, and, and, in their outfield. Right, and then he did the and then uh, he sort of bailed on him like he bailed yeah. on the Rays. Yeah. So so um, I'm just I just don't understand what the Orioles are doing. Um, I don't know why they're waiting. I'm getting I'm getting more annoyed by it by the day. Well, and right and like. Who's making these calls, and will yeah. they even be making the calls next? Right. Next, that, that's that's the interesting dynamic at work with the Orioles is the guys that are going to make all these so-called important decisions about their future might not be here much longer. Exactly, Duquette, Chill, Walter, all, all all those guys. So, right. so like, so are you going to make all these moves and then have to sell someone on coming here after after all these moves <laughs> have been made? So that it, it, yeah. After I mean, a guy who's on his way out the door makes the moves, that that makes no sense to me either. Just you know, right. move, move on from Duquette. Starting start there. You should probably fire Duquette now and get your sort of yeah. front office types in place to make these. I mean, it's probably Duquette's can end up making these moves because it, it there seems to be no movement to get rid of them and and it's, it's right. getting too late in the process. Right. But um, but yeah, I mean the guy <laughs> Duquette's going to be gone after after making all these huge pivotal moves for the future of the franchise. So it's just interesting the way they're setting it up. So um, in true Oriole fashion, yes. I guess. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, and then, I did I did read. What were you going to say? Some, what were you gonna uh, I was, I was going to switch to the Nationals, but go I ahead. was too. Okay, well I was going to I was going to segue into them. I just read something about the Nationals, uh, who are in the last twenty four games. Are have the worst record in the majors behind only the Orioles and the Royals. Right. I think the, the Nats have lost like twenty of twenty seven or something like that. Twenty of twenty nine. Uh, this or, was tw- over twenty four yeah. games. And I think they had lost eighteen of twenty four, which yeah. was the third worst. Well, well, I mean, whatever, whatever the range of games you want to 
pick. Yeah. They've been awful. Yeah, exactly. It's just stunning when you look at the, who's on their who's in their on their roster. Right. Yeah. I mean, they've all been slumping at the same time. It seems. And and yeah. I mean, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to figure out. I mean, given their pitching with Strasburg right. and Scherzer and Gio Gonzalez has pitched pretty well this season. Um, their bullpen's been fine. I mean, it hasn't. They've never had a great bullpen a yeah. lights out bullpen but it's been fine but just harper's not hitting and speaking of harper have you seen have you seen the sort of uh under the radar headlines about him taking grounders and working at first base i have not okay so apparently like he's been doing that in bp or wherever he's he's saying and and martinez the manager is saying like oh well that's just an emergency if we ever need to slide him there late innings for whatever reason that he's taking some grounders and he feels comfortable there but the other thought is that Bryce is doing this because he knows it will give a boost to his value on the free agent market if maybe he can show that he can play first base as well. Is that because he knows his stock is dropping and he wants to show a little more versatility? Very, very, very well could be. I, I found that really, really interesting because, you know, maybe he, maybe his stock is dropping. I know his, his agent, Scott Boris, he's is not out gonna, there. He's not going to get $400 million. No, he's not getting which, that Which now. is what people were talking about for him. Right. Like people I, – I think it – Back when he was an MVP, I think could Bryce Harper be the first five hundred million dollar baseball right. player? I mean, the number was just getting as as well as he was playing. The number just kept yeah. getting higher and higher. Not a guy who hits two fifteen. So yeah, his his agent Boris is out there talking about. Oh, the only reason he's hitting two fifteen is because of shifts and the the shifts that they use in the major leagues are more detrimental to lefties. Well, that's a real that's a real that's a real thing. It I mean, is. It's not going to go away. It's and uh, yeah, he's going to have to find a way to solve that because I don't think Major League Baseball is going to enact rules against the shift right the shifting defensive defensive shifts it's like it's like what could the nba really do with uh this right. free agency what, what could baseball do with 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 defensive alignments basically yeah so yeah so um yeah the, the nats are it's, it's perplexing i mean that they're <laughs> they've always been a weird team uh, they they don't play well when you when you sort of expect them to i'm sticking but, with uh, them i think it's going to happen they're going to turn it around after the all-star break they're gonna go on a gangbusters run. Don't worry. Almost they're 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 getting to that range though. Where like once you get like ten games out of first place, and, and they're close to they're, they're close below five hundred. Right. I mean that that that's a hard thing to make. The up. thinking it, is that the Philadelphias and the Atlantas are sort of surprising, untested groups of guys, and they are eventually gonna fall back to the pack. But man, I don't know the way Nick Marquez is playing. He may just take that. Braves team all the way to the championship series right. or something. I, I know. This is Who the hell knows. I mean, Nick Markakis should still be an Oriole. The National League is totally wide open. It's, there isn't a runaway team in the National. Like the Dodgers were the team last year. The, uh, yeah. Th- this year, it's like every there's a handful of good teams, and and no one's really separating from the pack in in in, in the National League at all. And and I I was driving. So I'm around. sticking with my pick. Okay. I'm sticking with them. I, I was thinking the other day, like there's not a, uh, the All Star games in Washington, like yeah. in like two weeks, and and you you're not hearing that much about it, even on even on the local sports radio stations and stuff like that. It, there doesn't seem to be any sort of buzz. Man, you're right uh, for for this All Star game. I mean, there, I mean, you see you see what's on the on the baseball wire. I mean, do you, do you sort of agree that this All Star game is being underplayed in uh, in this region? There's not a lot of buzz about it. Yeah, man. I think if it was in Camden Yards, it would be. Well, hell, the Orioles got nothing else going on. I mean, we, uh, my family moved to Baltimore the summer. The summer the All Star yes. game was in at Camden Yards. There was like signs at the airport. There were signs all over town promoting the All Star game. Oh, 
And yeah. maybe maybe there are. I'm not in DC on a regular basis, yeah. so maybe there maybe there are. But um, let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this in a totally different tangent because you just reminded me of something that we had in our paper last week. Um, that reminds me of that All Star game at Camden Yards in 1993. Three. Yeah. Hal Grawl, who writes Coach's Corner for us in Sunday's paper, is a column a columnist, a, a, um, uh, a guy who coached here for 30 some years or whatever it was in Frederick County, writes a column for us, and he had a really cool idea. He told everybody in his column who the best, who the greatest players were in all the, the primary sports that he saw play live. And so I responded to him, you know, after he sent me the email with his column and told him who mine were because his were really pretty interesting. And he's an old guy. So he saw some really stupendous names like right. play on the baseball diamond. And he saw Johnny Unitas play. And, um, I'm trying to think of basketball wise who he, I think he, he, who he said he, he who, who was his baseball player um Ted Williams okay okay he saw him play I want to say he said he saw Mickey Mantle play as well but he did he said Ted Williams was uh was number one there and John Unitas was was among his his football players um he saw he actually was in the presence of a Muhammad Ali at a hotel at one point so he mentioned him as well but so I had to, I had to chime in with mine, and I wanted to hear what what yours were. If you could even I, 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 off the cuff, that's a good one. Um, Do you want to think about while I sort of tell you who mine were? Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll start since we were at that baseball. We were talking about that baseball all star game. When I was a kid, I got to go to the workout. The it was it was and that's it was totally different back then. Nineteen ninety three. It was all star workout. So you went, it was an all day thing at Camden Yards. We got my parents during, got us the tickets. For it. it was during the day. It was during it? the day. Yeah, right. So yeah. you got there probably early afternoon. And they were they did BP. So every one of the All Stars on National League and American League got in the batter's box, and they announced them, and then they took they took BP. And for me, I was like, this is so ridiculous. I was like a Tony Gwynn freak who played, and he played in San Diego. I had never seen him play, and I never even got, I didn't get to see him play per se that day either. But I saw I got to see him take batting practice, which was like a huge thrill for me. Right. Um, Barry Bonds was there. Ken Griffey Jr won the home run derby by hit and he hit the warehouse that right. day and, and it's funny watching the highlights of that because it's like it literally is during it, it's it, broad it, daylight it's sunny right yeah it, it, it was a beautiful day right and so i was there for that so baseball and i did actually see now he wasn't obviously wasn't actually playing a game i did see him play against the orioles at camden yards and he crushed a home run to uh onto utah street when i when i saw him play there he's the best baseball player i ever saw play live football I haven't been to a lot of NFL games, uh, but I have been to most of the NFL games I've been to are Vikings games because I'm a Vikings fan. So I've gone to Baltimore and Washington to see them play. And I, so my answer there is Randy Moss. Right. I saw I saw the '98 Vikings play against the Ravens and Randy Moss, Chris Carter, that whole offense. Uh, Moss caught a touchdown pass in, in a game that they beat in, in which they beat the Ravens. I saw I also saw Adrian Peterson play. I've seen him play like four or five times, but Moss is number one on that list. I've never. I've I've never been to a college football game, and Hal mentioned college football way because again because he saw uh, Roger Staubach play, so he mentioned him. I never I've never been to a big time college football game, believe it or not. But um, that is so much. Never a Maryland game or anything like that. I've never been to a Maryland football game. I was never. Yeah, I just wasn't ever really interested in Maryland football because there was never a reason to be, and right. there still isn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean these people that want Maryland to be like turn into <laughs> some national power. 
yeah. Um, NBA, I saw Michael Jordan play for the Wizards, and I was in the locker room, and I was in a scrum of reporters around him in the locker room. So I can always tell people that I was in the same room with Michael Jordan they didn't you, like, in the locker room. Did you, like, lock eyes with him at one point? I did, or, yeah. because I was standing back from the from the crowd, and I swear to God, he, lo- he looked at me because he was like, <laughs> why the hell is this guy standing there just looking at me from 10 feet away? I just, right. I, I literally, I, was, I wasn't there to interview him. That, I was that, covering that, that was the word bubble above Jordan's <laughs> yes. uh, bald head. It was, it what, was. What, what, what is that loser doing over there? Who is that skinny dork over right. there? Yeah. Why is he just staring at me? I was there right. to cover Terrence Morris, Thomas Johnson graduate Terrence Morris, who was playing for the Rockets that day. And I was like, I was done what I needed to do. And I was like, uh, you're sure, sure as shooting, I'm going to be in the locker room with Michael Jordan, like right. one of my yeah. all-time favorite athletes. Yeah. So I saw Michael Jordan play. College basketball, My the best college basketball player I ever saw play was Juan Dixon. Right. Um, I saw him play. I covered his his career largely from his um, junior year on. But my favorite college basketball player that, uh, that, I, that I enjoyed watching the most was Karan Butler of UConn. I got yeah. to cover him in a couple of different games. Loved that guy. I loved his, his style of play. I was really a big fan of his in, um, in the NBA as well, even though he wasn't like a superstar. I think that's pretty much my – I saw – well, I mean, hockey-wise, I went to some hockey games back in the day with my buddy, and I saw Eric Lindros play, Lindros, whatever it is. He's probably the best player I saw individually. Um, so anyway, that's my that's my list. Uh, basketball, I, I saw Jordan play for the Bulls and the Wizards, so he nice. would have to be my basketball. Did you player. see him against the Bullets at one point, or um, no, who did you we, see him we, against? We were living in Houston. Ah, at the time. right. Okay. So so Mad Max and, and oh and, yeah, and, and, and one, the, your neighbor, and, and, right? My neighbor, Mad Max, Akeem the Dream, uh, right? Yeah, Olajuwon played for him. So we were living in Houston in the early nineties, and and. and uh, neighbors of ours lucky were lucky enough to score Rockets Bulls tickets a couple times. So I so I got to see Jordan play for. Uh, a lot of people think that Jordan would have lost to those Rockets teams had he not been on his baseball. Hakeem sabbatical. was basically unstoppable though, for those two to three two to three years. I mean, beat, beating Hakeem would have been an. What do you think? Uh, you're uh, you're a Jordan yeah. guy. Yeah, he's your all time favorite athlete, right. right? Yeah. What do you think? The Bulls didn't have a center to guard Olajuwon, so I, I so I wonder like wh- who are you going to put on like uh, this was before the Dennis Rodman days. Uh, Cliff too. Livingston, so, uh, like Horace Grant. <laughs> it's like yeah, right. I mean, Bill Cartwright. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Cartwright with that like uh, that weird terrible uh, jumper. He, right, yeah, he, he like he extended his arms all the way. He like yeah. swung his arms all the <laughs> he way. Did. I don't know how his shot wasn't like <laughs> stuffed every time. So, Will Purdue guarding Akeem Olajuwon probably not a recipe for success in the NBA finals. It would have been something too, because 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 Maxwell Bill Wennington because Maxwell I mean as well as players defended Jordan Maxwell was seen as one of the guy, one of the better guys defending Jordan yeah. too. So I will stand by my belief that Jordan would have found a way yeah, and he, Jordan he, he, would he, have he always did. willed that those two championships to happen. He always did. Yeah. So yeah, and because there is Somehow. no there is no evidence to the contrary. Because every time I watched him play when I was a kid, he won. Right. The closest, I mean, as big as Bulls, the, the most scared I ever got they were going to lose was to the Pacers actually. In, oh, yeah. in, in, in the 98 Eastern Conference Finals, the Pacers had them on the ropes. I remember it. That was and, a really and, good Pacers and, team. And, and, and the Pacers had them on the ropes in, in Game 7, and I thought, man, that was the first time like I ever thought that, man, Jordan could, 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 could actually lose. That team was Reggie. It was D- Dale, Rick, was Dale Rick Davis. Smith on that team still? I, I, I think so, yeah. Dale Davis, Antonio Davis. Uh, uh, Mark Jackson, I think, yes. was, 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 was the point, point guard. guard. Um, Didn't yeah. they have another shooter, uh, another guard, a little guard? Uh, that was McKee, a, Aaron McKee was he on, no, the, on the, no. the team? I'm 
man, I'm drawing a blank. I can see his face. But they had another guy who came off the bench who was like a really good little but, little guard. But the Pacers had a late lead in Game Seven. I'm like, holy, holy cow! Michael Jordan might actually might actually lose here. But, yeah. but yet again, he found the way. He strips Carl Malone right before he hits the jumper over. I mean, he, yeah. he just all he just always found it. W- it would have been something to see him take on those Rockets teams. But but man, if we could uh, only go back uh, in time, right? <clears throat> But anyway, uh, Mike, Michael for sure in, in, in basketball. I'd have to say, well, I mean, uh, Lemieux or Yager would, okay. be, would, be, my, sure. would be my hockey players. Um, uh, baseball, that, that's a good question in baseball. Um, I've seen Bonds. I've seen, uh, oh, man, it's, it's hard. It's so hard to pick, like, one base because the positions are yeah. so specific. In, 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 did in, you ever in see different. Griffey play? I, I, I saw um, – I don't think I ever did. Okay. I, I saw – when, when we lived in Dallas, I saw Nolan Ryan pitch against Roger Clemens. Whoa, whoa! And and I, I told That's Pre- awesome. I, I told Preston Palmero this uh, when he was on my Final Score podcast. Because um, his father I, played in that right, game, right? right? And his father, his father hit the game-winning home run, and he remembered the game because he he said his dad told him about a story about hitting a game-winning home run off of Roger Clemens. Oh my! So, um, Back so, when pitchers uh, still pitched uh, into so, the eighth inning, starting so, pitchers, right? So, so that was a thrill. Um, football, it would have to be probably Pey- Peyton Manning. I yeah. would have to, have to say for football. I don't think I've ever seen Brady play live, so okay. I, I don't. I don't think I could say. Him. Yeah, you used to cover Ravens games, uh, didn't right, you? Yeah, and I, I covered the Ravens that that fifteen to twelve uh, Colts Ravens playoff where or Benetieri hit five field goals or yes. whatever, and, and right. they beat the Ravens. So Steve McNair and the Ravens. Yeah, right, right exactly. The late Steve McNair. So I, I'd have to say Peyton Manning in football and. Uh, and uh, what sport am I missing? Is that um, you? Me- you mentioned. Did you pick one for baseball? Yeah. Well, you said Nolan Ryan, I, Roger Clemens is pretty. Yeah, that pretty was an awesome good. pitching matchup that I saw. Um, Bonds, I saw. Um, yeah, you met, you uh, hit them all. A, 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 a lot of the greats. So. You've also well, you were just in front of Tiger Woods the other day. Perfect, about three uh, per- three feet away from it. That, that, that's where I was going. The best golfer I've ever seen was probably right. was probably Tiger Woods because I don't think I ever saw Jack right. Nicklaus play live. Um, but but it, it, it's so funny because we talk about like all golf writers they write about yeah. is Tiger Woods, and it's sort of it's sort of like a conundrum because do golf writers write about Tiger Woods because that's all people care about, or do people just care about Tiger Woods? I mean, they obviously care about him because he's one of the all time best because that's all because that's uh, all the, people the, write about, right? So so it's sort of like a conundrum because literally like it was crickets on on well, on, the, on the on the course outside yeah. outside of Tiger Woods. I saw some pictures that were just ridiculous. The number of people that were following it, him. it was a mob scene around yeah. Tiger and like. The leaders of the tournament, guys who were playing better than him, like had like three people standing in the fairway, like politely applauding their yeah. their shots. I mean, it was literally crickets uh, elsewhere around the court, other than Tiger. So, so it got me thinking, like, is that is that why golf writers always write about Tiger? Because that's literally all people. That's, I don't know. Like, that's literally the only person this people was... care about, or do people? care about tiger because that's all golf writers write about well you wrote so, about him yeah. you wrote about him uh right. the first day you went down there was saturday yeah, right i mean so, you can't, but you, you had you to can't, you can't ignore it i mean it's otherwise, tig- you're, otherwise yeah. you're writing about joe blow the golfer yeah you weren't gonna write you weren't gonna forsake a story about tiger woods being in dc the dc area or whatever for probably the la- is it gonna be the last time maybe one of the last times he's definitely the last time as a host of this tournament which is no, no longer yeah, gonna I mean, exist right it'll be it'll be a new tournament and he won't be the host of it probably so, so. you had to uh, and you know he still hasn't won one since he came back and that was the day that he would have had to make a big move to to get himself in position there so you did 
as a sports writer, you did what you needed to do there, right. and you ended up writing about Tiger. So right. you I, wrote the story that needed to yeah, be written. Yeah, but it just got me thinking. Like, we always say this. Like, why don't golf writers write about anyone else? But it's like there might not there, be any yeah. interest in anyone. Like, I mean, Ricky Fowler was the top-rated golfer who was there, and he was nowhere to be found, now, right? Now, right. And this this tournament is a bad example. It's literally, yeah. the, it's a, it was a no-name. It was a horrible no-name field. So this is not like the U.S. Open and all they're writing about is Tiger and none of the other top – I mean, none of the other top, top golfers were yeah. there to write about. So yeah. – had, had had there been more top golfers in the field, we could have gone different directions. But but yeah. since Tiger was really the only, other than Fowler, the only real name drawn in the field, you were sort of forced to write about him. Yes. So I under, I understand. Yeah. I read the story, but that's only because right, but, I had but, to. But some of the pictures were. <laughs> I, 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 saw, I saw some of the pictures you did, and I, and, yeah. I, and I was there in this just mob scene of people following him around. And it, 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 it is. And you mentioned it, that. It, 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 is, it is crazy. So. <laughs> So, um, how about World Cup? You've been watching? I have been watching. I'm looking forward to uh, Brazil and Belgium oh, yeah. uh, later in the week, which should be could be the match of the tomorrow uh, of the tournament. Is that tomorrow, uh, yeah, tomorrow, yes. tomorrow afternoon at two, uh, two, o'clock. two o'clock. We're recording this on 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 Thursday, July fifth. So, um, so yeah, I, I enjoy. I enjoy. I mean, I'm not a huge soccer fan. I'm not. I'm not sitting at home watching English Premier League games on on a, on a regular basis but but I I enjoy soccer and the and the lack of scoring doesn't doesn't bother me that much. Yeah, you know, I, I uh this tournament in particular and just and on Sunday in particular is when I started to to really pay attention to this cuz my my good buddy Dave, my high school friend, came into town um and we spent the day together on Sunday. Well, Dave is married to someone who's English. So his wife is his wife is from England and he is huge a huge soccer fan and he knows it was so crazy to watch these games with him no but we should say you're you appreciate soccer oh i do you, i'm gonna i'm gonna you, tell you you're not you're not a huge soccer guy like like me but but you appreciate oh no soccer. I, I i and watching these games it's it reminds me how much why it reminds me why so many people love this game so i sat and watched two world cup soccer games with a guy who's essentially like an expert it's like watching the nfl with you right like he knows all these guys names he knows he knows every single guy on the on the field for all these different teams and he knows what club teams they play for too right. so he's like firing off all these names like like if you and i were watching um football with a with right. somebody who was almost like a novice uh, football fan or something right. so i was like enthralled by the fact that he knew who all these guys were and knew what you know what club teams they played for but so I got to watch. Look, that was the first. Those were the really the first games I sat down and watched. Both of them went to shootouts. It was incredibly dramatic. Um, and what I was reminded of while I was watching those games was how not you get all these like you just said. There's low scoring. There's hardly any. There's hardly any scoring in these games. And that's why, by and large, Americans don't like it. But I'm telling you, if you watch, if you sit and pay attention to these games, and you see the momentum shifts and the there could be really nothing that goes on for long stretches of time and then all of a sudden there's this huge build of of movement and like something happens in the snap of a finger and that could be the whole game like that's what's so amazing about it is how quickly things can happen in that sport the thing you have to accept is that there isn't going to be a exactly lot of scoring that's what you, well, if you can accept that you could really like soccer absolutely but, but, if, but if you're just going to bang your head on against the wall and say oh there's not enough scoring in this game and just resist the fact that there's not enough scoring then you're not you're not it's not going to be your sport you're not you're not going to yeah. like it but the thing that makes it great in a lot of people's minds is there isn't a lot of scoring i agree it's it's extremely difficult to score a goal so when it happens it's usually some amazing moment and that's why you get this explosion you know the the announcers go crazy and the the people are going nuts i mean it's 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 fascinating viewing and the sport itself 
is incredibly impressive. Like these guys yeah, the athlete, with the skills. The athletes we said they're the, oh the, the, the be, are they the best athletes in the world. Right. We, we just talked about that last. Some week. of the English that these guys can put on balls that they kick with their feet. Yeah, that, 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 at that high speeds. You, you tweeted a, yeah. a, a strike by by by. Uh, I think it was a French player. I think um, it was um, um, in their match against our, our Argentina and just how the how the ball just curved into yeah. this, into the side of the in the into the side of the goal inside of the crossbar or inside of the post uh, somehow. So, and I mean, and to your point, I was watching the Japan-Belgium game uh, the other day, and Belgium, a huge favorite in the tournament, was down 2-0, two, 2-0 two uh, in, yes. so- in, in soccer parlance. It's and, almost unheard of uh, to come back from that in World Cup. Right, and then they, they did it in, yes. the, in, in, in the second half, and the, the third goal was just a stunning counterattack. I mean, uh, in, in stoppage time. So, they, yeah. so the, the whistle blew probably 20 seconds yes. after this goal was scored. The, the goalie rolled. He made a save. He rolled the ball out. I th- and I, I think I read about it. There were seven touches of the of the ball before the ball went into the net. So think about how efficient that is. Seven touches, and a touch is just like a, dri- a, a dribble. Yeah. So so between the passing after the goalie rolled the ball to the player, it was seven touches down, and the it field. was in, into in, the in, net, in, into the back of the net. It was just a stunning counterattack, and Belgium. Uh, pulled it out but yeah i mean it is they call it the beautiful game and it is a beautiful game if, if you can appreciate it I, in its truest sense and i've always you know when the u.s is in it i always do pay attention i'm always rooting for them um but i don't i, I haven't really paid as much attention to it as i probably should well, just you, you, i mean you, the rooting factor of the u.s i'm not, I'm I mean, not resistant to it right. either no and that's why but, I, that's the point i wanted to make before you started talking you're, you're not anti you're no, not anti-soccer i'm right, telling so. you as a sports writer right. i i think probably as a sports writer that was my, that was in my top three favorite sports to cover it was always the the even at that level the players in this county are fantastic the, the, there still is low scoring in a lot of really good games, and that makes it very easy to write about right. because you're focusing on those particular plays. Uh, I don't know. You, I always, you have to because yeah. you can't you can't depend on just so and so scored or, uh, or yeah. so and so scored. The, the first goal was scored by the second goal yeah. was scored by, and, and all that. So you, it makes for good writing. You're forced to pay attention to, to other things to, to round out yeah. uh, round out your story. And I bet when uh, the World Cup rolls around in uh, 2026, uh, you'll be interested in oh, going to going to some games. Absolutely, so. that would be. I mean, how how often is it going to happen? How many like right. like Colin said? I mean, is it ever going to come? Is it going to come here again in our lifetime? Probably. So, yes. I, I would maybe. Say, I, I would say yes because we're because we're we're old, but we're not that right. old. But, but it's um, great. It's great storytelling. It's it's great for storytelling that sport. I and well, speaking of a great story, England wins in a shootout. Uh, right. Yes, yes. Was it yesterday? Two, uh, two days ago, not right, Fourth yeah. of July. Mm-hmm. It was two days ago against Colombia. Right. Oh yeah, I mean and that was. And, and it, I, it, I, it, I got I got caught up in that one. I I had started working, um, and I, I I had seen the score. I knew what the score was, and I heard that it had gone to to extra time. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna stop what I'm doing. I'm just gonna watch this extra time to see if Colombia can equalize. And damned if they didn't pull off an equalizer. And you know that well, was well. England is sort of taking like the Browns track of, of, <laughs> of, of, of heart. Now they've had success before. They've, yeah, won, right. they've won World Cups before, yeah. or a at least a World Cup. But and, and not PKs but, are. But, but, but they they're known for the tragedy and, and things not going their way or something befalling them somehow. Yeah. So so to pull out that game in PKs and they lost so recently and so many times in PKs. Yeah. You, you, you expected Colombia to to pull that out. Somehow. Did you did you watch that? Uh, yeah, that I did, save yeah. by the by the English keeper was spectacular maybe one of the 
best individual efforts I've seen, you know, out of a goalie in any in any sport where there's a goalie, right? To come out and make that stop and he, he, with his hand. And did you say you watched the Sunday games or was it the Saturday I did? It games? was Sun, the Sunday game. So it was the, 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 both of those were shootouts. Yeah, Denmark and uh, I think Croatia. Croatia. There were some ridiculous saves in that one where there guys were. were getting them with their feet, feet. and stuff like that. Guys are yeah. diving one way right. and yeah. throw their feet out and, and the one goalie with brother foot. brother or relative or something. He was up there like pumping his <laughs> fist. He looked like he sort of looked like Boris Becker a little bit. So. <laughs> Um, and then the other game was uh, Russia beating Spain right. of all teams. The, the interesting dynamic about this World Cup is you have one side of the bracket that is completely loaded with like the top-ranked teams in the world. You got Belgium, you got uh, Brazil, you yeah. got uh, Uruguay, who's very uh, uh, very good if not underappreciated South American team, and you, and you have uh, France, a, a world a World Cup champion before. The other side of the bracket, you have complete. Um, relative no names in the world of soccer. You have Russia, Croatia, England's obviously a yeah. huge name, but 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 sweet but Sweden. Sweden. So yeah, so so I mean England has a great chance to to get all the way to the final. It's so. a damn shame that Colin is stu- is in the woods somewhere drinking Coors Light. It is. And while we're sitting and, here talking about his favorite and sport, and we're babbling for close to an hour without him. So yeah. so so how how about how about us? So yeah. Uh, did you read anything in the last week that, that, that caught your eye? Man, um, I wasn't. I was going to mention a couple of things. Uh, you've, been, you've been tearing through the "Where Are They Now?" Yeah, I was going to mention that. I was going to mention that. Uh, "Where Are They Now?" Sports Illustrated issue had a. Uh, I can't remember. Did I mention this last week that they had a Percy Harvin feature? No, you, I, don't, I don't. I don't recall that. Yeah, so they did a they did a huge spread on Percy Harvin, who was one of my, who was probably my favorite Viking for a couple of years and when he was in his prime. He's still suffering from migraines. Uh, he, I think he's finally gotten that straightened out, and he actually got that straightened out. But in the Mayo Clinic when he was in Minnesota, so like near the end of his stint in Minnesota, he wasn't having issues with that anymore. But the story was with him, within that story, was that he he did not sleep. He could not sleep before games. He had so many issues. He, he talks well, a lot about turned, anxiety he, he, issues. Yeah, he turned to marijuana, right? He, yeah, I mean, and I think that's always been a part of his his life, but and with coping with stuff. But he has because of his migraines and all this anxiety, he would not sleep. Before. He would play in every one of his NFL games without any sleep. He he maybe slept like an that, hour I don't before that. Possible. Yeah. So um, it was pretty fascinating. At the same time, it was it was kind of sickening because I loved that guy as a player. I loved him when he played for Florida. Like I thought he was he's probably the best college football player I've ever seen. It's, it's I never a, saw him play right. live, but it, it um, seemed like he was wimping out on on, on the Vikings a little bit yeah. with, with like the headache. It was like an excuse to smoke. He was pot. incredibly yeah. maddening yeah. as a as a Vikings fan because you just saw what he could be when he was at his best and you just didn't get it enough unfortunately. And the way he played, he was so incredibly reckless and was injury prone and he had some problems because of the way he played. But man, he was a he was a fireball, man. He was such a such a spectacular offensive player. So I read that, and the other thing I wanted to mention that I saw was, um, just I think it was just yesterday or the day before that, Jesse Groff, mm-hmm. Urbana High School uh, graduate, um, who I covered as, as a pole vaulter way pole way back, state champion, yeah, in my time here. Um, she advanced to the city finals in American Ninja Warrior for, I don't know, what How many seasons straight. has she been on now? Boy, she's probably been on five or six now. I can't right. remember. This is the 10th season. She's at least been on half of those seasons. Um, so she's, she made it through in, with flying colors um, uh, in, the, in the, the round of the city uh, um, competition that she's at. I, I want to say it's Miami is where she, where she competed. Um, and this was all tape delayed, so this happened. Yeah, I mean, you, ago, you, part of you wonders why they keep bringing the same people back, but they sort of they're forced to because yeah, it's such a small. It's such, the pool of people that can do this stuff is yes. so small that and and I mean and and 
you need some sort of star power and she's and, and, definitely and name recognition absolutely for, for people to tune into this stuff yeah. so you have to bring this you're kind of forced to bring the same people back for yeah. all these seasons she is so. she is one of the faces of that franchise and let me tell you what man i've dealt with her numerous times over there it's just a f- awesome like she's she seems awesome on tv she's just as awesome like when you meet her in person or when yeah, you talk she, to she's her a in genu- person she seems like a genuine she comes off as a genuine yeah. person yeah she's incredibly enthusiastic she's incredibly encouraging about um you know she wants people to get fit and she's uh you know a, a huge proponent of fitness and activity and all of the above she gets she's involved in lots of things i would just now. love to be as positive about life and everything yeah. is, is she is, absolutely is, is she is i mean so if you if you, ha- if you i i mean her ad her mindset is is admirable i mean, I mean she, that's what i admire about brandon klein our, our professional yes. just he doesn't worry about he doesn't sweat the past the past of the past he doesn't sweat the future i'll, I'll figure it out when, when it's time to cross the bridge and he's just a really admirable guy and his out his outlook I mean, on his exactly. approach his approach on life inspiration yeah. inspirational she's incredibly inspirational for a lot of kids and a really fun a really funny story about her and a really impressive story about her is that she inspired her own mother to get her to get in shape and start doing ninja warrior I, stuff I've, I've seen some of the videos you've shown yeah. me of, of her mother doing pull-ups with her like she's like yeah. uh, nudging her mother as she's trying to do a couple pull-ups exactly and her mother <laughs> so. now she had never been a fitness a fitness buff like her daughter is but her mother was a competitive dancer she was a competitive dancer she was a she was a dancer of some sort i right. can't remember she was also in, in acting and she, she was an actress for a long time um so she has you know physical abilities and stuff even um at her, at her age not that she's old but so it's pretty cool that her daughter has inspired her to, to get in shape at her at, at her age yeah. Well, I mean, I dropped the ball a little bit last week because I talked about how I wanted to see the yeah. Nadal Federer Strokes of Genius TV special, and I, having been working on Sunday and having covered the golf, I, I forgot to set the DVR, and then I you came were probably home. fried, man. I, I was. My brain was melting. It was a little I, hot out. The, the, my brain may have been melting at the golf tournament, but I came home and I, I turned on the TV and and I I saw it, it was an hour into the replay, the the immediate replay of the special, so I hit the DVR. And then uh, afterwards, there was an hour-long special where they talked about the Nadal-Federer rivalry with three tennis, top-level tennis commentator, Ted Robinson of NBC, uh, the play-by-play guy, Tim Henman, the former great pro who does work for the BBC, and then John Wertheim, who wrote the book, Strokes of Genius, which you and I both love. Um, and, he, and he's uh, covered the Nadal-Federer rivalry from the start. So I haven't gotten through all that stuff yet, but but from the, the stuff that I saw, I mean, they interviewed people. They interviewed uh, every every. They, brought Pete Sampras back, John McEnroe. I mean, any name in tennis, they, they talked to about this match, the greatest match ever. And so, so it seems like a really interesting thing. And I'm interested in, in watching it in full when I get the Yeah. Chance. And I did, when you told me about it, I had forgotten too. Cause again, my, my buddy was in town. We just, we were distracted with other activities, uh, that, that evening, but, uh, I did, I did notice I skipped ahead and it's coming on again, Sunday, I want to say it's at nine o'clock on, okay. on the tennis channel, will, and I I, I, I set I my DVR. I, I, I will go home yeah. tonight and set my DVR, and I'm also looking forward to Brazil, uh, Belgium, like like we talked about on Friday. I mean, you could yeah, argue sure. you could argue these are the two best teams uh, in, in, in left in the tournament. Um, so, so looking forward to that match. So, so how do we do? I mean, we're over we're over an hour here. So Colin, uh, Colin would be good. probably incredibly disappointed we, we in fill, us. I don't know. We fill all the hot air that Colin. <laughs> fills this podcast with we we managed to do ourselves so i miss him yeah i miss picking on him well one of these days we'll record a podcast without you because you guys have done it's one coming without, up you probably guys, you guys have done one without me um after my mishap and then uh we've done one uh since colin decided to head to the woods so uh 
Barry's Verluga. We're trying to track him down. I keep promising this, and we're going to get him. But but I, I just I emailed him again tonight. He's on vacation until July. Busy, 15th. busy dude. So uh, yeah, I don't think he expected to be covering the Capitals until the middle of June exactly. necessarily. So busy dude. He's getting some well deserved R and R, some rest and relaxation on on his vacation. So hopefully. Um, and then we're on vacation at the end of the month. So hopefully before the summer is over, we will have him on to talk about all this stuff. So otherwise, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We will see you next week, hopefully with Colin back. Hopefully he's made his way out of the woods. Oh, yeah. So, he doesn't get lost. Yeah. Let's, 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 let's hope a trail of breadcrumbs uh, was sprinkled. Uh, so a trail of Coors Light cans. Yes. That, that would be more apropos. Cans. But we'll see you next week, everyone, on Just Another Sports Podcast.